This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Folks, we're back here in Pittsburgh with our brother, who's really um, uh, the host of, uh, of everything here. <laughs> Feels and we, like it. And, and no, we in his city. When you go into somebody's city, right. you have to ask permission to be there. You have to get a blessing to be there. And this could not happen. And when I heard that Netroots Nation was coming to Pittsburgh, Marcos told me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then as soon as he said it, he said, uh, you know Jasir? I said, do I know Jasir? So I knew then it was, they were in the, they talking to the right person. Yeah. It was hooked up and you up in here. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what. How, I, I got an email and I saw that NetRoots was coming to Pittsburgh. And I'm somebody that's, you know, this might be my fifth or sixth NetRoots. Right. And so I, I sent them an email. And I, I just wanted to make sure, you know, we've had a lot of wins, political wins right. um, in the city. Progressive political wins. And the political wins in Pittsburgh have been really led by black organizations and organizers. So my, I was worried. I didn't want, you know, um, the established, quote unquote, progressives that we really battling here in Pittsburgh to like want to try to take credit for the work that, you know, primarily black led organizations have been doing on the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of sent, you know, sent them an email. We met and talked and they were like, look, however you want to be involved is one hood. And so it was it was dope to see, you know, um, you know, our mayor come out, you know, the first black mayor in the history of Pittsburgh, right. uh, Mayor Ed Ganey, who was, you know, Summer Lee, we was able to push her through the primary by 900 votes, even though they put $3 million against his sister. Um, so it was dope to see her there um, um, as well. And, you know, to me, like the, the wins in Pittsburgh really being um, being uh, uh, promoted in, in the right way. So I, I salute Netroots for that. Yeah, no. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, first of all, what is the 
demographics in Pittsburgh? What's the black population? Um, we're about 25%. So okay. this is the one of the things that's happening. We lost uh, seven to 10,000 black people in the last four years. And so Pittsburgh- Why is that? Uh, well, it's, it's being like the city's being gentrified. So Pittsburgh, um, you know, we went through our kind of bankruptcy and fall in the late 70s when the steel industry collapsed. So right, since right, then, right. Pittsburgh's been invested in the medical industry and the tech industry, right? Google's here. This mm. is where Uber uh, tested driverless cars. Duolingo emerged from Pittsburgh. Uh -huh. And so the city is becoming this place, I, I call it the Portlandization of Pittsburgh. So it's a lot of like, you know, like white tech folks kind of moving in. And so the, 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 um, the ability, the cost of living in the city kind of gone up. So black people are actually leaving for like the suburbs, places where um, it's cheaper to live. And then there's also a piece around, um, in 2019, um, they did a study, um, um, the, the, the mayor and the University of Pittsburgh, and they found out that Pittsburgh was the worst city for a black woman to live in America. They said a black woman could live anywhere else in America and have a better quality of life than Pittsburgh. Mm. And one of the things that led to some of the political changes you see is, the mayor's office who commissioned that study did not have a plan to properly address the study and really didn't do anything mm. once the study was produced. And so um, that we were like, well, why would you tell us that and, and, and put that out there and you're not going to do anything? So Pittsburgh has a very, like, you have a very different experience here if you're black. Um, we have an author named Damon Young who's very well known. He called Pittsburgh, this was the, to me the best description of Pittsburgh, he called it white Wakanda. And I was like, that, that was a perfect <laughs> description of it. And so this is why a lot like, ta like talented black folk leave to go to cities where they feel like they can be better supported right, culturally. Right. Wow. And then, you know, struggling black people in Pittsburgh, we have one of the poorest black communities in the country. As gentrification is happening in black communities, like the community I live in in East Liberty, I tell people I live in a formerly black community. Uh, black people were forced to move out of the city. So, uh, Brother Jasiri, Brother Jasiri X, y'all, follow him everywhere on social media. Thank you. Um, with the shrinking black population. Yes. So, how were you able to organize? And, I mean, you got some, you got Summer Lee, you got the mayor. So, yeah. tell us how you pulled that off. So, um, it really came out of, so, the movement really began in 2018 with the, um, the murder of Antoine Rose II. Um, he was 17 years old. He was unarmed. He was shot three times running away from police. Um, that happened right outside of Pittsburgh, a city called East Pittsburgh. And so the movement to get justice for Antoine, and it was on videotape. So the movement to get justice for Antoine really brought a, like the activist community together and we hit the streets heavy. Um, okay. And um, of course, 2018, we also had the Tree of Life massacre. Right, here. right, right. And right, right. so um, that led to a lot of solidarity, particularly black Jewish solidarity conversations and movement. So, when you know our, our Jewish brothers and sisters said, "Hey, Trump's coming. Can you all join us in solidarity against mm -hmm. you know Trump's rhetoric?" We did, mm -hmm. and so that led to a lot That's of solidarity good. work. 2019, the officer that uh, uh, killed Antoine Rose was found not guilty, and so it was a youth-led walkout that Monday. It was at that time the largest march Pittsburgh had ever seen, and so by the time walk out we, from school, right, every well, wow. and and colleges entirely wow. youth-led. Wow. So wow. by the time we get to 2020 when we had Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and, and George Floyd, and protests were happening all over the city. We had already been protesting in Pittsburgh for three years, and it was just, the, the, we, had a, we thought we had a progressive mayor, and instead of understanding how we felt when we took to the streets, he just kept sending the police after us. He kept sending tear gas and rubber bullets, 
and it united not just the black community but also activists also a lot of our like i said a lot of our jewish brothers and sisters a lot of you know white folks that were either progressive or marginalized to say this guy isn't the progressive that he said he was. He hasn't done anything about the fact this is the worst city to live for for black Americans. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, for black women specifically and black people in general. Right. We're seeing this, um, all these black people leaving the city. So it was kind of weird to be in a place where we're 25% of the population. But during the mayoral race, like our issues were the number one Good. issues being discussed. And so, you know, Mayor Ganey, who's really a force of nature mm. when it comes to like his... I mean, everybody already knows Ed because he's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Every game, event in the community, he's there. And he showed up, at, and, you know, unlike the current mayor, he showed up at these protests. Yeah. He showed up at these rallies. He showed up um, to, to, to help defend us. And so we were able to get him, you know, uh, over the line. And like I said, the, one of the things about like when you have the tech people coming in, they tend to be more progressive thinking. We just had the first black queer woman elected um, as state representative in the uh, community that I live in. Her name's Latasha Mays. And so mm -hmm. it, it's interesting to see kind of this paradigm shift. And, but we have been saying for tw from 2018 and now we were saying like, we don't just want black re representation, we want leadership. Yeah. We want decision making. But we all came together collectively, our 25%, we got with our allies yeah, right. and we were able to push these folks on through. In Allegheny County, just to give you um, an idea of how you know, and you know, people aren't voting on in mass. Mm -hmm. So if you can get your group and y'all go out there, right. um, we're 12% of the population in Allegheny County in the judicial races. We got five progressive judges elected, um, all five women, three black women. Although we're 12% of the population, the top four judicial vote getters were all black. Wow. Even though we're 12% of the population. So to me, it was like we came together as organizations, right. we organized, right. we pushed, right. and we were able to have success. And it goes to show you, when, when we do vote, we win. I mean, if when we do we it. When we vote, we win. That's right. And, yes. you know, a lot of times people get discouraged. Well, what's 100%. the point? 100%. But, but I don't think people, we've got to help people understand that it actually does make a difference. Right. And I, I, particularly, like, if you're looking national, I can understand why people yeah. get frustrated. Yeah. That's why I was saying, like, I, I get it, but locally, like we've been able to change the dynamic. So like just for an example, right? Mm -hmm. We had, you know, like like a lot of places our violence is spiking in our communities, right? So now, but we have a mayor now who he's from the community. He, he's, he's from where we're from. So there was a spat of violence in a black community here called Homewood. And so one, one of the things that they did, his deputy mayor is black. His, his, his um, I'm sorry, his, his uh, um, yeah, deputy mayor is black. His chief of staff is black. So. What they did was they said, you know what? What we're going to do is bring all these services into the community on Saturday. And we're just going to love on this community. We're going to come in mm. and make sure the community's clean. We're right, going to make right. sure the community has the resource that they need. I had never seen that as a response to violence. Not just sending police, but actually sending resources that the community wow. needs. And to me, that comes from somebody who understands it yeah. from a perspective where he lived it. His sister was a victim of violence in this city. Mm. Um, and so he has a different level of understanding. And so, like you said, that's where elections matter, when you can put people in office that share the experience that you live. Now, if you go before them in their courtroom, there's a different connotation instead of somebody that was just a prosecutor and looking to give you as much time as, as, as they want to. And and listen, man, the struggle is really local. 100%. I mean, it's, it, you know, folks, a lot of folks, Jasiri, uh, still think that we're going to social media our way to freedom. No. Th 30,000 miles in the air, we're going to tweet 
and end the police violence. But I keep saying to people, yeah. it's right where you are. Absolutely. It is a local, and you're doing it, brother. Right, and, and so now next year, our DA is up. Our, we have okay. a DA that's just racist. Um, okay. We have a DA who, uh, this is how bold now, he was. Now, is this a city DA, a county DA? What's the county jurisdiction? DA. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Okay. 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 So he basically, a, a, a black lawyer, said in his courtroom that um, his office was systemically racist. He sent an email saying, "Don't do any plea deals for this lawyer." Yes, this uh -huh. how this how this how like openly racist. So we're looking at we need a DA next year. We need a county executive next right, year. Right, right. So we're trying to organize. But like you said, like locally is where your vote has the That's most right. effect and the biggest change. And if you can be out in the community, we're going to be in the park today. Every Friday we go to a park um, in the community that I live where a lot of black youth are. And we just bring the food trucks out. We bring the, the cookies out. We bring activities for the kids. And we just post up. We bring the yeah. music. And yeah. it's like we're just showing love to this community and this park. And so, like you said, social media plays a part in it. But you also got to show up and be present. People got to see you. People got to be able to feel you. And we have to be full. Like, it can't be we just show up when it's election time, knock on the door, and ask people to vote. We got to be present in the yes. community all year round. So now when it comes down to voting, people know us. People respect us. They know we're not just here just to get some votes. And I think that's also how we've been able to achieve uh, some success. And uh, speaking of the music, how is yeah, the music, yeah. brother? That's that's I mean, how. That's, <laughs> now, now see, that's how all of us in the world know and love yeah, this yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been slacking on the music too. But well, um, I wouldn't say that though, because I mean, yeah. it, what what you just described yeah. is still a song. hundred percent. So I'm 100%. I'm so it's just a question of of that being put in the in the right. creative filter to yeah. get out to and, the masses. And I'm be honest with you. I mean, I don't mean to give you no assignment, <laughs> but see, maybe that that's it. Right. It's you doing something. That is in the, the message because the music always has a message, you, but the message being is local, y'all. It's right here. But, you all know, police, right. all yeah. police. I tell people all the time, and people act like it, like I'm, people say you so brilliant. I'm not brilliant. Yeah, I shouldn't have to tell you. This is be common sense. There's no national oversight body of police. True. It's local. It's local. You got to hit them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they yeah. feel that they see you out here on Twitter. Yeah. They ain't threatened by that. But right, when you right. start coming for them. With yeah. the mayor and the city council, including yeah. some of them black city council people, 100%. don't want it. Yeah. Then folks, whoa, whoa, it starts yeah. switching up, right? Yeah, hundred percent. But you're That's right. The message. Like, my next project is about Pittsburgh, like okay. kind of like these last five years in Pittsburgh. Um, and I also had, you know, I had a project. I actually did a soundtrack to Paul Robeson's first film. This is just because of yeah. my relationship with Harry Belafonte. Right. And so it's a silent film, Oscar Micheaux's Body and Soul. But COVID kind of put a because right. it has to be in the theater. And so I was ready to go 2020, that kind of, so that, that's going to be coming soon. But I'm doing, and then we're trying to do a group like One Hood Project, because um, we have a lot of artists. I think to me, that's also like, we're all artists in One Hood. Yeah. So whenever we do something, we bring the art, we bring the culture, we bring hip hop right, right. to it. And I think that also gives it another connotation. They asked me to speak yesterday. First thing I'm going to do when I hit the mic is I'm going to spit something, you know Come what I mean? Just to on. let them know, That's like, right. you, did. you know, this is this is kind of how, how we show up. And it just gives us a different connotation. So new music is coming soon. I mean, I did drop Rob Jeff Bezos um, <laughs> in 2020. So if you haven't heard Rob Jeff Bezos, you Check can go get that. But um, more music is coming soon. No, we look forward to that. And, and brother, you know, it's, it's good to see you. This is somebody who's doing the real work. He's an artist. He's an activist. And he's impacting his local community. Very few who are doing it in their way. And I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, the ovation you got last night at the at the keynote, uh, 
there aren't a lot of local communities where the black and Jewish communities coming back together. So true, I'm seeing true. that through you as absolutely. well. Absolutely. All of this work is absolutely critical. We're going to look for the music, but don't wait too long because I'm catching yeah, up yeah, with yeah, you. Y'all yeah, know, yeah, I, I just published my first yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, you told me. So, yeah, so yeah, listen, yeah. can't be no time between me me writing one little song and this brother. Absolutely. So yeah. he going to be on it. and on and it. Uh, Coming soon. Yeah, we appreciate you, brother. Appreciate thank you, man. man. You're thank the man. You, thank you for having me. You're doing it, man. No, uh, thank you for having us absolutely. here in Pittsburgh. Oh, come on, man. We here. And in the hood, y'all, when we yeah, go, yeah, we go yeah. in somebody else's town on their block, we check in. So I couldn't be here without checking in absolutely no, i all appreciate right. you man. proud of you man and a thank lot you. of people are proud of you thank a lot of people i posted that picture of us all all the whole crew's yeah, like yeah, you yeah, would yeah, just yeah, yeah. tell them i said what's up you yeah. know so everybody's no, watching you, man. It. make it plain man you know what i'm saying it's my brother appreciate <laughs> you bro right, man you good great too man thank, thank you, you. the y'all folks follow him all over social media brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain maybe you think they're just part of getting older but many health understands that for women over 40 they can all connect to menopause it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience not just hot flashes MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We're going to get David up here. David, come on over here, brother. Um... David Daly is also here with us. We, it's all, we, we're always good to check in with David whenever we can check in with David. In fact, last time we saw David was in Selma. Selma. Come on, man. Hold this for me. Hold, oh, you can right. hold that. You got it. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm good. I'm good. Nebrus Nation, once again. Once again, here uh, we are. Um, so, 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 you know, you always uh, keep me sober. <laughs> if only I kept myself sober these days, my friend. If only I could do that myself. You know, when, if, if we want to get so okay so the optimism is the optimism okay that um dobbs is you know gonna mobilize yeah um i was talking to marcos marcos is not convinced that january 6th nor the the new fbi stuff moves a lot uh i don't know because because uh, and i'll tell you why i'm a little on the fence about that when Raffensperger testified before January 6th, he said something that kind of was in the details, kind of in the fine print, but I think it's significant. Donald Trump says, find me 11,000 votes. He says, no, there were 33,000 Republicans who did not vote for you at all for president. So you have to wonder, well, what was going on in 2020? That's before people heard about January 6th and you steal a nuclear secret. So I, I don't know, I, the, in electoral race, even the smallest percentage can make a difference. We saw what happened with Hillary Clinton. It was about 100,000 votes over three. So, so I, I guess what I want to ask you is, um, 
because the thing you the most sober thing you said to me most recently is the way the gerrymandering and the redistricting has gone it it it's hard to even get around that that's fixed so whatever the enthusiasm is with those two things in place there's not a whole lot of wiggle room but i'll leave it there what what, what are you studying seeing in terms of where the midterms are headed yeah. are they has the redistricting and gerrymandering locked them in so much that our turnout on enthusiasm might not put much of a dent in it? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think? I think that's what's so tricky about gerrymandering is when you are locked into a handful of districts that you've got a chance to win, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about state legislative races or congressional races, mm-hmm. you can run up the turnout score all you want. And what that does is it just makes you win the seats you're allowed to win by bigger numbers. And they don't really care about that because you can win those 34 legislative seats in Wisconsin by whatever number you want. They're still going to have 65 seats. Because they've got those. And they're going to lock in their supermajority. I think that the U.S. Senate looks better for us than just about anything else at this point. Certainly what we're seeing in Ohio, in in Pennsylvania, maybe even in Florida, could you imagine? That some of these statewide races are are going to turn out okay. And I do think that Dobbs and January 6th are a big part of that. I worry very much, though, about the House. And I think the House, uh, where Democrats have got a four-seat edge, in many ways has been lost due to redistricting alone. If you look at the number of seats Republicans picked up in Texas, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, they can go plus four simply off of their redistricting handiwork if they want to. And we're going to see a congressional map nationwide that's got the fewest number of competitive seats at any point in time in modern history. Some folks Mm. say it's as few as 9%. So you're talking about 35, 36 seats that you can actually try to even out the score in. Mm. And then I worry about state legislatures. Um, I think that the maps that have been drawn in Florida, in Georgia, in Wisconsin, in Texas, in Arizona are worse for Democrats or just as bad as the ones that were in place in the last decade. I think that Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania could be a touch better. Um, But we also have this crackpot independent state legislative theory case being argued at the U.S. Supreme Court in the fall on whether or not these gerrymandered legislatures have got unfettered control over elections. And so, as we look that, that's at the one where they, where, yeah. where they can decide who the electors are to the electoral college. They can decide just right. about anything. Yeah. This is a case that comes out of actually the North Carolina gerrymandering decision, mm-hmm. where the state Supreme Court used the state constitution to say, no, you can't have a gerrymandered map and a free and fair election. It's just, it just doesn't work. You've got to go back and redraw it. And Republicans have appealed this to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they've said no. The U.S. Constitution hands state legislatures and the word in the legislature and they point as originalists to the single word legislature and they say legislature means just the legislature, free from gubernatorial veto, free from any judicial review, free from state constitutional control, 
And if they can get away with that, this case, in many ways, is just as important as the midterm elections, because it is going to decide what kind of power these gerrymandered legislatures have heading into the 2024 election. When's that case come up? It will be argued in October, probably with a decision by June. And you came to me for optimism, my friend. I'm sorry, I just turned it around on you. No, no, yeah. no, no. I said I was. I said yeah. I was sure was optimistic. Yeah. You always give me the sobriety. Yeah. Um, man, if that happens, David, I mean that's a wrap. It's in terms of <laughs> democracy at the representative level. Yes. And what we, I mean, we talk about abolishing the electoral college. This is actually empowering people to decide the electors and electoral college even more. And it would hand that power to gerrymandered legislatures right, that right. don't even represent a majority of people in the first place. So the folks who would be overturning majority will would themselves not have majority authority. I, I, I fear a lot of people did not really believe that Roe was going to go. We've been saying it so long and probably too much, and so it's become sort of a... Um, it became like we were chicken little. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then when it happened, and I mean, and this is—I mean, we talk, I'm talking about allies. I'm talking this, sure. about this with allies in the abortion rights activist community. It's like nobody believes it, and then it happens. Whoa! Now this, people know and realize even less about this court case, and frankly, <laughs> people are still grasping the, the the significance, the the overriding significance of the electoral college. I think people that that hit people even more than when it happened with Gore, when it happened mm -hmm. with Hillary. Mm -hmm. Like, wait a minute, what? How do you get a majority to vote? You don't do it. And I still don't think that's something that the average American, I mean, we sleep, eat, and drink this stuff. They still don't get. So now we're talking about, well, yeah, you're just getting that, and now we're talking about something else that's going to codify that even more, and it's going to be in legislatures. We're trying to get people to take down ballot races and legislative elections more seriously. That's a challenge. I mean, that's a, we still got some hills to climb, man. We've got a lot of hills to climb. Um, we are, you know, people talk a lot about the, the frog in the pot, and when you slowly right, turn right, up the right. temperature, the frog doesn't realize right, it's boiling. Right, right, right. And the frog is American democracy. Yeah. And it's yeah. in the pot, and the kettle's starting to whistle. Mm. And we have to realize what's going on. Um, the presidency now twice in the last 20 years has been determined by a minority vote of the American people. Those presidents elected by minority vote have appointed five of the nine conservative, five of the nine justices, five of the six conservatives on the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. We have a U.S. Senate with 50 Democrats and 50 Republicans, but the 50 Democrats represent about 41 and a half million more people. Right. Republicans have actually represented a majority of the U.S. Uh, of, of Americans in the U.S. Senate for about a two-year period in the last 25 years, but with the filibuster and the structural inequity of an institution that is weighted toward white, conservative, rural Americans, uh, you know, that benefit accrues to them. You've got redistricting in the House and then redistricting at the state level. And then all of that comes together with this independent state legislative theory. And you can start to play the music off and roll the credits. And you can see how this becomes Hungary uh, sooner than we all 
think. Yeah. I think I was just looking. You you were on a panel on election subversion. I am. Yes. Um, so that's one aspect of it, um, election subversion. But I mean, we're still all also talking about voter suppression Amen. itself yes. in yes, a lot of places, right? Well, here's what I would say. Yes. I mean, you talked about how fewer than a hundred thousand votes separated right. the electoral vote and the popular vote back in 2016. Right. In in 2020, you're actually talking about about 40. Three forty-four thousand votes in Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia. If right. those go another way, the seven million vote mandate that Biden won in the popular vote turns into a two-sixty-nine, two-sixty-nine tie. If Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona go the other way, mm. so ten thousand four hundred votes in Arizona, eleven thousand seven hundred votes in Georgia, twenty thousand six hundred votes in Wisconsin. We see what has happened in Arizona and Georgia on voter suppression, the new laws that have been passed there since 2020. What these laws are, in, are designed to do is to skim a little bit off the top everywhere they possibly can. Yeah, yeah. And when you add it up, it's really easy to see how the combination of requiring extra signatures on absentee ballots, closing precincts, and we know where those precincts are closed, voter purges, additional ID forms, making it a little bit harder to register, uh, forcing those lines to be longer in certain places, and then denying you water if you're standing in them. Um, what they've done in Arizona, different but a similar effect. It doesn't have to add up to a lot of people. It needs to make voting inconvenient enough so that a few thousand say, I can't do it, it's not worth it. I can't spend the time. Right. I can't take six more hours yeah. off of work or my kids. Yeah, yeah. And you and, and it's and it's death by a thousand cuts or That's right. I think one of the one of the jurists in um, uh, on the bench in North Carolina, in that case, said it was it, it called it scalpel-like precision, surgical precision, surgical that's pre right. you know, rather that's than right. a sledgehammer. That's right. So you're right. If 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 it just takes a little, yeah. And that's where we're at. So we have to compensate for that. That's why we you know want to get out to vote, get more people out to vote, because if they can pick Amen. off a little here and there, a little here and there, We've we shouldn't a, have to do that. No, but that's what it is. But I mean, here we are, always forced to play catch up against those folks that would, you know, uh, build barriers. It is forcing us to run a race that is the same length, but with, you know, uh, a cement shoes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you it can still win that race, but it's a little bit harder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are, um, do progressives, well, I guess people here get it, but mm -hmm. those who we count on to to inform the public, get out the vote, even including the Democratic Party. I mean, because now, so we're having a real talk, but I know in some circles, folks just want to be optimists. They feel like if we, right. if you and I talk too much about this, this yeah. is going to be discouraged oh, and yeah. people are not going to want to do it. Which is not my intention. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I also think that people need to know what you're talking about and be prepared to do something about it to be I think that's right uh, and, to, and to be equipped and I don't know that 
that's taking place to the extent that it should well, be. Well, I don't think that the American news media does a particularly good job of covering these democracy issues or recognizing how serious they are. I mean, if there's, you know, there's a doomsday clock on nuclear war, right? We right. ought to have a doomsday clock on democracy. And if we like did, it is, it is ticking. Uh, and it's getting close to midnight. And you, you wouldn't know that from mm. reading most of our newspapers or watching cable news. You would be getting, you know, Trump, Trump, Trump all the time. Uh, and not what the real genuine dangers are and, and how we got here and what we do about it. But you're right. I mean, I don't think the Democratic Party takes all of this seriously enough. I mean, if the, Demo the Democratic Party controls Washington, if they wanted to right now, mm -hmm. I mean, if, if they took voting rights seriously enough to undo the filibuster, if Senators Manchin and Cinema would go there, we could have fixed an awful lot of this. And right now, while they still have unified control before the court uh, undoes federal control of state elections in Morphy Harper, they could pass a single line law and codify federal control over federal elections in states and make certain that the U.S. Supreme Court understands what the elections clause actually means. We're not doing that. I'm not even aware of any conversations in Washington serious to do that. You have to wonder whether is it because they don't realize the magnitude of this either or they just don't have the will to do it. Either way, it's... Either way. It, it's Either way, the frog gets closer to burning. Yeah, yeah. David Daly, folks, uh, he's on Twitter as well. Be sure. For, also follow Fair Vote. We invite you to Amen. do that. Yes. Uh, check out Fair Vote. They're keeping up with all of this. Dave Daly 3, D-A-L-E-Y, Dave Daly 3 on Twitter. Always great information uh, so you can be informed. Again, the, the, the struggle is very local. Yeah, that Supreme Court case is, is scary. Sure is. Very scary. David, Always a pleasure, you. Mark. Thank good you. Good to see you. And we've been, he's been, he's been going to the Pirates games too, like I have. So we've been checking out we'll that see you there tonight. beautiful ballpark. <laughs> Thank you, man. David Daly here at NetRoots Nation. Jasmine, Bernie Clark. Welcome, welcome to Make It Plain. So, Jasmine, tell everybody what you do. And you, you, you are one of the panelists here too, as well. I am. I am. So I am the founder and consulting director of Equal Ground Education Fund. That's right. Black-led 501c3 nonprofit out of Orlando, Florida, but we work across the entire state to register, uh, mobilize, educate, and then also litigate on behalf of black voters. So How long have you been in existence? Um, just since 2019. Okay, okay. And have been a part of two pretty powerful lawsuits against the state of Florida and have won both of those suits against the state and of Florida. And what were those suits? The first for? one was against Senate Bill 90, Florida's voter suppression bill right. that took away people's abilities to access drop boxes, hands out food and water at the polls. It required a new ID requirement for vote by mail ballots. If you wanted to request them, you now have to request a vote by mail ballot annually as opposed to every cycle. You also had to um, let a voter know when you registered them that if we could not get their voter registration form in on time, they may or may not be registered. So completely demoralizing the work that we do as a black led organization. Wow. Um, and so the second one is um, around redistricting. We filed a preliminary injunction because the state of Florida wanted to take away two of the four black represented congressional districts in the state, and they did that. Um, and so we are fighting now to maintain those districts or at least get them back and protect some other predominantly black and Hispanic, Hispanic districts in the state of Florida. All right. Well, that, that's, that's critical work. It is. Y'all's governor is crazy. He is. He 
Yes. What you gonna um, do about that? He's on a power trip. Um, and honestly, I don't think it's just on Floridians to maintain. This man is on a rampage to become president of the yeah, United yeah. States. Yes, yeah. It's on the nation to help support the work of, of organizations like mine and other people um, in the state of Florida. How is? Well, I, I presume you're nonpartisan. We are a nonpartisan okay. organization. Okay. So, so I'll just ask you this from an analytical point of view. Okay. Um, you're talking about black voters, them being empowered. What impact might that have in this upcoming midterm? Our, our sister Val is running. Yes, so Val is running. And, you know, I think with the confusion around voter laws mm. um, that are happening in the state, and just on yesterday, our governor held a press conference where he um, is rounding up 20 individuals, former returning citizens or felons, and is arresting them because he felt like they voted um, fraudulently. They voted when they were not actually given the right to actually vote in the state of Florida. And he is conducting an audit across the entire state um, of every 67 county in the state of Florida to make sure that there were no returning citizens who were voted, who voted this year or in the 2020 election unlawfully. But now, but now I thought that voter, voter restoration took place. Correct. There. So we do have rights restoration. 1.4 million people right. have been yeah, able to big. register to vote as a result or have right. gotten their rights back. But what this governor is simply saying is that these people actually didn't have their rights restored um, and that they uh, voted unlawfully because they had either paid their fines, fees, or restitution, or they misinterpreted the law because the law does not allow for anyone who has committed a crime of sexual offense or a felony murder to have their rights restored. We are five days away from the Florida primary on this coming Tuesday, and he makes this announcement yesterday. So can you imagine the amount of ballots that have been turned in since the ballots were dropped in mailboxes 60 days ago? So, so what I'm gonna be clear though, mm -hmm. when he says audit, is he suggesting that these current votes that have come in in this cycle are some, some that are gonna be audited right now? He is now? prioritizing all of the votes from 2020. Okay. He's going to audit every vote that came in in 2020 through this new elections police task force that was just announced this year. And then he will likely start to look at votes that have been cast in this primary on Tuesday after he's finished with the 2020 audit. Yeah. So he is going to go through. Well, who's going to do the audit? Who can we trust? Who he going to pick to do that? Who's going to well, do Well, he's already picked his elections task force leader, and he's likely going to be relying on supervisors of elections to do this work and to do the audit across the state. Yeah, Florida is real. It, it Florida is. always is real tricky. You have your work cut out for you. Yeah, it, it's and it was like it was over a million people who had their rights restored. That's what 1. I One point four million right, people are eligible right. to get yeah. their rights restored, and, um, and the onus is on the state. They shouldn't be handing out cards to people who they don't believe are eligible, and they're still choosing to do that despite the fact that um, people are registering. So if you believe that you've had your rights restored. You have finished all the duties and terms and requirements of your post-release sentence, and you have registered because you believe that you are now qualified to do so. The state of Florida doesn't have a database that says otherwise. They just allow for that person to go ahead and register. And they wait until after that person is registered, after that person's voted, to decide, oh, maybe you weren't actually eligible at the time that we gave you your card. Now there's a five-year prison sentence tied to it. That sounds in and of itself, that process, a little saboteurish. Like like you're setting it up to fail. Yeah, we're just going to yeah, go ahead and register y'all so that we can catch you. Correct. Catch and release, yeah. Correct. Yeah. And reincarceration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So they can women out. Let me get this right. You said so people can be reincarcerated. Oh yes, up to five years in prison. You can be reincarcerated because voting as a felon in the state That's of Florida is, a, is considered a felony. What is the, the the demographics of the black electorate in Florida these days? How many? Like, um, so about fourteen percent of the okay. electorate um, in the state of Florida, and we. Um, Obviously, we don't see that number um, reflected in every election cycle. Um, we predominantly see the most of that um, during the presidential. But during a midterm election, it's going to be hard to, to measure that, for sure. Okay. What about in, in the local elections? Mm -hmm. How are we faring in those? How are we treated in, in when it comes to local and statewide elections in Florida? You know, um, elections are elections no matter if they are done at the state, the local, um, or the federal level. Everyone is treated uh, the same, if you will. Voter suppression is rampant across the entire state of Florida. Okay. It's on the supervisors to do their job and make sure that those who are eligible are actually voting, and it's on them to make sure that it's the most accessible process in the state. And if they're not doing that and they're not making sure right. that it's successful, organizations like ours prioritize ensuring that that's available. So we've got poll monitors who are out there answering people's questions yeah. and making sure that nothing nefarious is happening. Yeah, yeah. Equal Round, let people know how they can keep up with you. What's your website? So our website is www.equal-ground.com. You can also find us on all social media platforms, Equal Ground FL, um, on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you TikTok? YouTube. Yep, Go ahead, TikTok. sister. Right, you be TikTok and I see Oh, you. yeah. <laughs> we, we love the social media. We love the internet webs. It's a millennial organization, so, yeah. Wonderful. It was so nice to meet you. So nice Heard to meet a lot you. about you. Appreciate all the great work that you're doing. We need it. Thank you. Uh, a good, uh, you. I lift up the name of our now beloved ancestor, our dear sister Beverly Neal, who just passed away yes, recently. Yes. Very close. I was glad that I was able to see her before she outran us to glory. Uh, in fact, she introduced me to Val. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, and uh, uh, Aramis Ayala. You know, we all kind of. Some of us came up under Beverly's tutelage. Yes. So she, she was a giant in the, in the civil rights and the voting rights struggle in Florida. So glad to see that other young people like yourself are picking up that baton. And, Absolutely. Because that's how we, you know, we keep, when we talk about everlasting life, that's what we're talking about. That's exactly That's it. the work she did. That's the work you're doing. That's it. So we appreciate you. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right. God bless you, Jasmine. Jasmine Bernie Clark, Equal Ground FL, all over social media. Equal-ground.com. Yep, that's it. All right, on the interweb, internet web. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. God bless you, Jasmine. Yes, All right, good to see you. All right, folks, yes, we are here in Pittsburgh for Netroots Nation. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand, and above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love, and please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.